Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We've just a week to go now before we're live on stage with the new show, Cocaine Cowboys. Final tickets on sale from mcd.ie, our venues. Obviously, there's four name clans named always in the famous Limerick feud, the McCarthy Dundons and the Keen Collipies. But, you know, Limerick is a small city, as you said before, and those familial networks have become really important. It also shows a kind of the scale, maybe, of the operations that you're talking about. She said that her late husband had told her that he'd won a lot of money on gambling and that's the, the source of this money. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. The sister of gang boss Christy Keane has admitted to money laundering after a court heard that €124,000 in cash was found in her home. Sandra Heher will face sentencing, but says she's now predominantly estranged from her siblings and works as a hairdresser. Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about a sophisticated crime outfit which emerged from the warring gangs of Limerick and about the risks of storing cash in the attic. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Isn't it funny, like... You know, you look at a picture of of Sandra Herr. Yeah. And like she you couldn't deny that she was Christy Keane's <laughs> sister. No. Isn't it funny sometimes the 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 genetics are so strong yeah. in people's features and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um she's very like him. Very, anyway. <laughs> and he's a very well known face, isn't he's he? He's a very well known face. And she mightn't like that. I mean, no. I don't think any woman likes <laughs> well, that they look like a man, but I just mean the features. Yeah. Um she's quite a strong feature. Good looking woman, actually. Uh, so she's the sister of the the gang patriarch Christy Keane, and she was caught with 124,000 euro yeah. in her attic. Um, she's pleaded guilty to money laundering offences in relation to this, yeah. but has denied any involvement in criminal activity. So how does that work? You plead guilty to money laundering, and yet you're. Yeah, I mean, look, I think is it not now the worst excuse ever? To bring in a bit of gambling into the uh, gambling money into the into your defence when it comes to money laundering. Well, I mean, I have to say, if I had an attic, yeah, for a start, and there was one hundred and twenty four thousand yeah. in it wrapped up and, and laid out in a, in yeah. a sheet of of 
um, of plastic and it was there with a tick list, yeah. right? And somebody in my household told me that it had just, they'd done well in the gambling. Yeah. I would question yeah. it. You would, you I'd would. I'd first of all question why it was in the attic. Yeah. Uh, second of all, why there was a tick list with it. And third of all, why it hadn't just been handed over so we could go blow it. Yes, exactly. I mean, look, the gambling thing, I mean, we're not, people have to update that maybe, bit, I won it on Bitcoin or, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, but obviously that, that is not the excuse she gave. What she said no. was, um, she said that that her her late husband um, had had told her that he'd won a lot of money on gambling, and that's where the location, that's the, the the source of this money. I think it shows this case shows a couple of things. Um, it shows how deep that familial organisations are in, in Limerick. Um, you know, obviously the, the, there's four named clans named always in the famous Limerick feud, the McCarthy Dundons and the Keane Colopies. Um, but, you know, Limerick is a small city, as you said before, and those familial networks have become really important. It also shows a kind of the scale maybe of of, of the operations that you're talking about. Um, they are, that's a huge amount of money, 124,000 mm. in cash. What would it look like? Like in well, a little bundle. I don't know because of would it be I, little. No, well, it would. It would be uh, that again. The the hand sh movements you're making there don't make a lot of sense. On would it the fit audio. in your handbag? I don't. I wouldn't. I don't think. No. No. no suitcase. No. A suitcase. Absolutely. A Ryanair suitcase. Yeah, but I mean, a le probably even less than that. Like a yeah. half a suitcase. I actually don't know, but I. Yeah. I would guess. I'd love to see it. Well, I mean, in, yeah, I think a, you can get a couple of million in a suitcase. Can you? Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a huge amount cash, of cash. Yeah. You know, the idea most people would never have seen. Imagine your attic went on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And or the, or if you had mice but in your attic and they ate it. I suppose as well, you see, like that money is ultimately seized and it's taken into the, into the, the coffers of the state. Um, like 124,000, uh, if you were to buy drugs at that, that would be, you know, you'd get a huge amount. You of would. So it's a big amount of money, but it doesn't kill the organization either, that that crime organization. They're still able to function. So you can see a couple of things. You can see how the familial networks are really important. You can see the scale that they're operating on, even within sort of, you know, the Keen Colopy gang or even just the Keen crime organization um, is a big organization, has probably become stronger in recent years than it had been at a certain point. Well, it became point. sophisticated. It became, I mean, it came out of those Limerick gang wars and Christy Keane pretty much put his head down yeah. to do proper business. Yes. And he relied on a network of younger people, um, people now in their early 30s maybe, um, who really took up the mantle and had very strong ties with various gangs in Dublin and became a bit more sophisticated, uh, veered away from the kind of mindless feuding, the social media taunts, all of that has really dropped off. These people have become more money focused and they have their their, their clients across uh, various parts of Munster and beyond. But um, they developed an extremely sophisticated money laundering network. They did, they did. But they still relied on those familial bonds. Mm. Um, there's still a network of, 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 of clans, I suppose, and they, have, they, they remain as important as ever. Um, it's interesting the date that this money was discovered in the attic and it was, she's an address, she's a 56-year-old woman, an address at Assumpta Park, 
Park, Island Road, Limerick City. And the it was June 17th, 2020 yeah. that that was discovered, which was right around the time of the Encro chat hack. We have no evidence given to court or no idea whether or not the Keen Network were using Encro chat phones. But that was around the time that the police all over Europe started to move in on targets that they had built up intelligence on. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just throwing that out there because I'm... Just throwing it out. Throwing it out. I'm just saying, well, you know, oh. I mean, it'd be nice to think that that behind the scenes they were picking up a little bit of intel and actually reacting to it as opposed to, um, you know, not... Yeah, and in fairness to, to Sandra Hare, like she is not um, somebody that has appeared on the Garda radar necessarily. There have been other women associated with the Keane faction that, that you know, that have appeared again and again and have been in previous court cases. Um, in court, this, as she was, she wasn't sentenced. Um, that's been put back to February the 24th. But you did hear that, um, that she has no convictions and her own solicitor described herself as, you know, mostly disassociating with her family members. However... She works as a hairdresser and... Yeah, it lives a modest lifestyle and her own solicitor claimed she was unlikely to offend, which, you know, probably is is true. However, um, her, her the discovery of the money um, and her conviction comes in the aftermath of the conviction of her son, Warren. Warren. And Warren Hare, you know, had, I think at the time of his most recent conviction, where he got a five-year sentence with, I think, three months suspended, um, he had four, 54 convictions. So he was a very much a key figure in in the money laundering network for the Keen. Was described, uh, like, 54 convictions and all the rest of it, it was described as a mid-level member of that gang. Yeah. Not, not a high-ranking one. Not a high-ranking, so, but I mean, I think they, he had a previous conviction as well for, in, in regards to money. And that so could he, have been his own people that described him as that at the <laughs> same time. It could have been, but I think in reality you're seeing that 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 he was somebody that was trusted with with money and had you know he was caught with I think again it was was at fifty one thousand euros so a, a significant sum if not m- multi millions either um, fifty nine thousand and again the dates that he pleaded guilty to in regard to this was August the eighth twenty nineteen and June seventeenth twenty twenty when there was a move on them he was found to have converted transferred or handled cash to the value of fifty nine thousand knowing or believing or being reckless as to whether the property was the proceeds of criminal conduct yes charging sums due and owing in respect of works carried out on a house at Kilmurray Court Gary Owen Limerick um. And it was his wife as well was caught up in that. Vicky Hare, yeah. she was given a two-year suspended sentence for transferring €12,000 in cash to a builder um, around that time. They were renovating their home. Yeah, so you see, um, again, like we've, you know, also his, uh, Vicky Hare, uh, she avoided a prison sentence um, partly because the judge said it would be unduly harsh on her chil- three children uh, if she was to to get a custodial sentence. But also, uh, Sandra Hare, it also, um, you heard details of while, you know, she, that she paid off her mortgage effectively. She managed to build up a, a nest egg of 68,000 in her bank account that couldn't be explained, according to 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 the police. And she ultimately uh, withdrew 70,000 and paid off her mortgage. So again, you see that money, that spend on on houses, on builders, um, it really can come back to haunt people, can't it? And it just comes back again and again. But what else? And I mean, you... the thing is, she's going to be hoping for a suspended sentence similar yeah. to her daughter-in-law. Yeah. 
on this, but her daughter-in-law's plea was in relation to 12,000 euro. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money involved here. There is a lot of money. I mean, a lot higher big, stakes here. It is. Um, it is. There is. It's a big. It's a huge amount of money. Uh, for any ordinary person, um, and you can see those. It's those transactions involving property, involving businesses, involving cars that that are very hard to get away with. Mm. If the police really start focusing in on your, uh, you know, what they do is they get in forensic accountants, or they, you know, and they look at how much money you can generate. And while you can, you can. But they look at, I mean, revenue. I mean, everything yeah. we should earn that goes through revenue. And in this case, um, uh, her had the information was received from the revenue commissioners that showed that she earned thirty five thousand a year as a hairdresser, that she was in receipt of COVID payments and the widow's pension, yeah. which made up that thirty five thousand. Um, so, really, you know, thirty five thousand. Yeah, I mean, would you afford to save that amount and pay off your mortgage yeah, in five years? Pay off it hard it's, enough. It'd be very, very difficult, yeah. and it's very hard to justify that. And we've seen people come, come to court again and again and try and say, "I got this from a, a, a relative. I got this from a you know, I got this gift." It just doesn't seem to work. So she was basically saving this money and the evidence was that every time she reached 20,000 in savings, she would yeah. stop the account there yeah. and open a new one. Um, the court was told that 70,000 was withdrawn from the bank account in March 2018 and used to pay off the remainder of the mortgage on her property, um, which she told Gardy was the proceeds of a life assurance policy that she had for her late husband. But they didn't the analysis of her financial accounts couldn't prove that. Yeah, I mean, I think people there's get... There's a paper trail with everything, there, isn't there? There is. And if there's not a paper trail, that's also a problem because you're still spending money and living. And if you can't, if you can say, like, if you can't provide a paper trail, it's even more of a problem because that just means you've got big wads of cash and you're going around living off that. Yeah. Um, and that has proved to be a problem in cab cases. And that's why well, the gambling comes in, you that's see. Why the gambling that's why probably the easiest yeah, yeah, yeah. as to why your pockets are loaded with cash, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's, but then they look for a betting slip. And even when they had betting slips, of course, with, with John Gilligan, that wasn't enough, was yeah, it? I mean, yeah. John Gilligan provided loads and loads of betting slips, uh, yeah. but it still didn't, it still no. didn't add up yeah. properly for him, you know? So look, I suppose I was talking to Eamon about this recently in regards to the state's crackdown on money laundering, which is very much in play at the moment. We've seen a huge amount of people before the courts charged in relation to even small cash amounts. I mean, yeah. even um, Graham the Wig Whelan was caught with a Rolex watch and he paid cash, I think, for a room yeah. in a hotel. Yeah, and it was, explain it was five it. or six thousand euros. Yeah. So it's not a huge amount of money. And I think um, the real change in, in policing culture is to to, you know, to charge some of the the women uh, yeah. associated with with people who are suspected of being involved, because in for a long or, time they were literally able to sit on the sidelines and claim they knew nothing about any of it. One hundred percent. But I think that is definitely a change, and it's sort of I think there's so much money laundering going on because there's so much money yeah. in the country of washing around the drug networks that it's probably a, you know a clever plan to go after the the money really and to put a little bit back into the state coffers because the policing of all this costs a fortune. Yeah, I mean certainly back in the day uh, if you if you look back in the you know 20 years ago the women were never went near um old, maybe cab cases would seize a certain amount of them but the idea that people would be prosecuted for money laundering I think only really began with some of the the cases in involving the Kennington cartel like mm. the wife of Mr Nobody uh, Deirdre Brady, um, 
you know, where she was she was prosecuted and ultimately sent to prison. And I think that was a kind of a break from from what had gone on. But again, you're right, there's these this huge amount of money washing around. Uh, and like even taking the Keen Network, like, I mean, they're how long in business? 40 years? I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it's 40 years, yeah. 40 years, uh, yeah. and they're still going. I mean, it was said in court that, um, you know, the Keen outfit is supplying drugs in the in their area and beyond. Yeah. Um, that was evidence given in court. Like, I wonder how much they pull a year and what they do with it. Well, and, and do they have that sort of attitude that you're, you've profits, but you also have losses. So you walk away from those losses and you just get keep going. Well, I think you can see in much smaller criminal networks, if there is a seizure of either money or drugs, that can actually bring them to a crashing end. It can. I mean, and it does. So where, what, like, where, what do they do with the money? Why can't they? They can't save it. Well, I mean, you'd have to be disciplined, wouldn't you? You know, you'd have to, like, so, I mean, ideally, I suppose, the bigger operations put aside a certain, like, they do accounts, I suppose, in their head, at least, if they don't write them down and say 20% is going to have to be written off, so we have to save that money in reserve for either drug seizures or things going wrong. Um, and, you know, there was always talk that the Kinnan Network did that in particular, um, and always paid their debts whether drugs were seized or not and that builds up um, then it builds up a, a, a relationship so if something does go wrong um, they can still get supplied mm. and there doesn't become this this uh, demand for that debt to be paid straight away not dissimilar to the big uh, construction companies where mm. the banks you know when there was a crash they were given a lot more leeway than the small builders who instantly the debts were recalled yeah. instantly recalled so the, the more sophisticated networks have to write that into, factor that into the system. Um, and you can see that, I suppose, the, the Keen Network have managed to survive through that. They'll have built up those relationships with people. Because a lot of this business is mostly on credit, really, isn't it? One way or another. Um, mm. There's a huge amount of... Sort the money's of, there somewhere in the ether. It's somewhere there in the ether, but there's a lot of... My brain. Too big, yeah, but there's a lot of the credit system. Glad you didn't repeat that. No, 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 no. I was, yeah, I, yeah, it's not too big for your brain. It is a bit. Sure. <laughs> I do wonder where it all, I mean, if you could physically see it, it's just in the economy, of course. But of course. See, it's in the economy because, you know, even in this case, you see, there's a Rolex watch, the son, yeah. uh, Warren, Her had, a, had, had yeah. a Rolex watch at the time of the raids, obviously, in, in the June of 2020. Um, like, I wonder with Rolex mm. and companies like that, the sort of stuff that the the gangsters like to wear and to buy, like if you took that money out of that economy. Yeah. What would what would it what would happen? What would happen? Well, I mean, I can't remember the statistic on, on Colombia, like during the, the real the boom of the eighties, the narco boom which with, with Pablo Escobar and that, but they had like obviously they generated a phenomenal amount of wealth for themselves, but it was it was adding some I can't remember the figure, but just say 30 or 40% to the overall economy of the country. Um, and that figure could be wrong. I'd stand to be corrected. So it seeps back in. It does. And yeah. in particular to things in that case, it was seeping into banking and property. Yeah. So it was causing a boom there. The property construction, the yeah. car industry, yeah. the luxury yeah. jewellery market, the luxury clothing market. And they all had, those. Yeah. And they had that in Miami as well at, mm. at a similar time. It was just it was just pumping this money into the economy. And um, because 
you know, these guys are not uh, squirreling it away, really, are they? I always find it interesting, like, you know, the places which are sort of, I suppose, hotspots for this kind of drug money and all the rest of it, you know, Marbella, Port Benus. And mm. I mean, you can't blink, but there's another very high-end designer yeah. shop. Yeah. Um, you know, we're seeing a little bit of that happening, filtering into Ireland as well. I mean, there's certain designer brands that are now available and on high streets that you just wonder what legitimately you'd have to earn to be able yeah. to afford them. Did you ever, I know the Cocaine Cowboys being your book, but I don't know if you ever saw that documentary with a similar yes. title. And I mean, you just see them, the, the, there's interviews, I think, with the guys selling cars and they're, they just know... Yeah, these are drug dealers coming in to course, buy them. Sure they're the and only people who can afford them, and they're just they're receiving it, and it's it's openly acknowledged that that these transactions are occurring. There's luxury goods being sold in Dublin. You're dead right. I mean, who can afford a handbag for what is it? Seven thousand or something. I mean, who can afford it? Like I don't know. I mean, maybe a once-off in your lifetime if you really desire to have one, and you know, give a big. I don't know. Some people can afford it, definitely. But I mean, I think more, it's more the kind of when you see, you know, you see young guys mainly and girls in their early 20s and mm. late teens and they're walking around in the real gear like t-shirts worth three or four hundred quid and they might have six, seven of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know who can afford that. Who can afford that? I mean, there's obviously... Do you think we're just poor? No, I think, well, I think we're just sort of in the middle, like most people. And I think the only people who can afford it are the super wealthy, mm. uh, which there are super wealthy and may they may be up to no good as but well. Most but people surely have to get paid every month or else the whole thing comes crashing down. There are some super wealthy out there yeah. that, that don't ever have to worry about money. Definitely there are. Vendors. And there's plenty of legitimate industries that have made people super wealthy. Journalism and media is not one of those no. unless you own the media company. Then you company. have another, the other, the people in the black economy. Yeah. So they're living a sort of similar lifestyle. Yeah, the drug dealers and the super wealthy, and then there's the and rest then there's of the rest of us plebs. in the middle, <laughs> shopping and teaching. I like the way you think you're in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think we're we're down the notches. <laughs> well, no, no. There's Sometimes all. Sometimes it feels that way. Yeah. Anyway, fascinating, and uh, we await to see if um, Christy Keane's sister gets jail or a suspended sentence. Yes. Leave that up to the judges. Thanks, Nicola. Thank you. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.